When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to Conversation with Carol. This is Nolan Carroll, and I'm here with one of my former teammates from the Miami Dolphins, his second-round pick, Jamar Taylor, played nine years in the NFL, and he's doing many interesting things since post-retirement, which I think is is something I'm always talking about, is giving back to the community and using those tools that you learned in the game and being able to share that with others because the more people we can bring up, obviously that helps us out, and then it helps them and their communities wherever they decide to go, wherever life takes them. So, Jamar, want to introduce you, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. It's, it's been been a while. I love what you're doing. And, and first, I, I just kind of want to get into your your playing history. Obviously, you, you know, you played for almost a decade in the league, which is very difficult to do. But along the way, I'm all about mindset. And along the way, you had injuries and you sustained multiple injuries. And I, I was the same way. And when you have an injury, when you have a setback, a lot of times you, you kind of you dip back into a place or you kind of make excuses about the injuries, but you're somebody that anytime you had an injury, like an ACL, a shoulder or a groin, you'd always find a way to come back. Your, your mentality that I would see you post online was very resilient. And I respect that about you because no matter what it was, you're always willing to overcome that. So just talk, talk to me a little bit about adversity and the mentality that you need to have to, to push through to ultimately, to ultimately get to the other side. Yeah. Uh, no, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for, uh, the opportunity even to come on and uh share my story and, and to talk to you man um obviously mad respect for you i wish i was sure. in my other room i got i still got the jersey i, I got a whole db wall <laughs> right go. so it's right up there man the eagles jersey uh but obviously you know how much you know you and and some of the other guys on the team in miami man meant to me um you know like you said injuries came early for me right um you know a lot of people don't know this but going into the combine i actually when i was training i had a hernia Oh. Right. So I was able to go out. Right. Pete Bomarito was able to get me right just enough to like still run what I needed to run. Right. And still maximize right my talents, you know, showcase my talents. But um, it's, it's, it's a learning process. Right. I think as a young athlete, you know, when you have so much success. Right. You know, you you I mean, I wasn't highly recruited, but I went to a, a, a great school. Mm. Right. Um, one where I would take the guys I was on that team with that boys against anybody. Right. And so because of the brotherhood, because of the experience. Right. And then be able to go from Boise to be a second round pick. Right. Like that's that's all God. Like I could take no credit for that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was, you know, when I first got to Miami and I was hurt, it was me understanding like, hey, look, like or getting to understand like, hey, look, like God put you in this position for a reason. Right. And I would say. The biggest thing I've always told myself is just perseverance, right? It's not going to be easy, right? I think, you know, when I when I first got hurt, it was a shell shock, right? I was yeah. competing against you. We had Dimitri Patterson, right? We had Will. We had Brent. So I'm like, man, these some guys, RJ, right? Yeah. And so 
like this is a lineup, right? First time I've been around basically all stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember my mentality back then was just like, I got to get it. Right. Okay. I got to get it. Right. It was back to almost like that freshman coming in, like, okay, well, they brought me and Will in together. Somebody got to play. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. Somebody, you know what I mean? Somebody yeah. has to play. And it was like, I wanted to push, but I think also having you guys would be like, hey, look, take care of your body. Yeah. Right. And showing me that it is a business. Right. And like, hey, look, you don't take care of yourself. They're going to get rid of you. Yeah. And so it had me like switch my mindset, bro, all in all, in a sense, because I did realize early in Miami, it was a business, right? Joe Phil been walking by me, <laughs> right? People don't even know this before the Hall of Fame game. He's like, you can't stay in PT, right? Like you've Dang. never been through anything. You don't have mental toughness, right? So I'm like, Dang. all right, okay, this is a business, <laughs> right? But having guys like you guys have me like locked back in and like basically drown out the noise. Mm. It was like, okay, look, man, all I can do every day is come in here, put my best foot forward, right? I know I'm not moving the same as I used to right now, but eventually it'll come together, right? And just start calculating little wins, right? And I and I would give a lot of that credit to not only you guys, but my parents, right? Grew up in a household, mom worked three jobs, right? It wasn't easy, right? Dad worked too. So it was like constant. I was always at my grandma's house with my cousins, right? And so it was like, they've taught me how to work hard. They taught me how to lock in. They taught me how to focus, right? And so I just always been that way. Right. It was it was great to hear from guys like you guys to kind of when it did get rough, the waters got rough. It kind of like gave me a little peace. Right. But then having my mom and my dad to where when I went back home by myself, right, I'm far away from the West Coast. Like I was PTN. Right. Yeah. I was calling Pete Bomarito. I trained down there. Hey, who can you give me? Right. And just really trying to maximize all my my resources. Right. And so um, I would say for any young kid who's going through any injuries like, you know, it's always mountains on be behind mountains, mm-hmm. right? Nice. And so, and I and I love that quote, right? Because it's like you're gonna get to the top, it's gonna feel good, it's gonna feel good for a moment, and then something probably happened again. You gotta get to work again, right? And just you know, Coach Pete used to always say like the performance curve, right? You don't want to be too up, you don't want to be too down. So I've always just tried to like just stay even playing, yeah. right? And um, so man, you know, as you can hear, whether from you guys, my parents, Pete, whoever, man, like. I just put everybody's stuff in my book and I'm like, hey, just focus on that. And just always knowing that, hey, look, you didn't make it this far to make it this far. Mm-hmm. Right. You got some type of talent you could play. Right. It's you believing in yourself. It's you stop, you know, stop trying to please everybody. Right. And just play your game. And when I when I figured that part out, that's when, you know, so to say all hell broke loose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was just like, all right, you know, you back, you know, so. Yeah. um yeah, man, perseverance, prayer, you know, and just just pure focus. That's good. Yeah, I remember one of the things, because we were, yeah, we were locker buddies when he first came in. So I remember you kind of being frustrated, obviously, being a second-round pick. There's high expectations, especially in Miami. It's like, you know, you got a new wave, you and Will, back-to-back draft picks. And I remember, like, when you first injured your groin, I didn't know about the hernia before. I remember you were trying to get back and rush. and. Yep. And one of the things I remember saying is like, don't, don't rush it. Like there's, yeah. you're going to play. I, I remember kept telling you, you're going to play. Don't worry about that. Like it's, it's not about me trying to keep you off the sideline. If anything, I was in that same position you were in my rookie year where mm-hmm. I had guys telling me, take care of your body. Hey, don't worry about you playing or not. They brought you in here because you're going to play. So don't even worry about that. And 
I had, like I said, I had guys like Jeremiah, I had guys like Benny Sapp, I had guys, uh, even though they're younger than me, Sean, Vontae, those guys yeah. were telling me, hey, look, don't don't worry about if you have a nick or a bruise. Make sure you get that taken care of first because they look at you as just a number. If you can't play, they're going to find somebody else to come in. And I just remember just from those, my experiences being able to tell you that. And I knew you were frustrated, but I, I just I kept trying to remind you all the time. You were a second-round <laughs> yeah. pick. You ain't got to worry about getting released, getting cut. Like, you or Will are good. Y'all can yeah. – if you wanted to be lazy, you could have been lazy. But you guys didn't. I could see – you wanted to get on the field. I saw how you were itching to get back out and practice, and you could just see coaches, players, even reporters, all that stuff that you didn't elect affect you, and you just kept staying at it. And I, I know when I left, still watching you both, especially you, just to see how you developed and, and overcame it, especially when, you know, now I'm gone, it's like, hey, Jamar's got the spot now. And, and obviously, since that time, you got traded, and then you got traded yeah. again. Kind of talk about that uh, from a mental perspective because you're with a team and then all of a sudden, hey, you're traded to the Cleveland Browns. And then all of a sudden it's, hey, now you're tra traded to Arizona. Like, take me through that thought process of thinking that you're, I don't want to say comfortable, but you're in a position where you're getting established and then all of a sudden you get established and then it's like, boom, you're off to the next, almost similar to what life throws at you. So. Talk to me about that a little bit, how your mindset was from just going to these different different teams. Yeah, I would say, man, you know, the Miami stuff, I can kind of I, I kind of got a feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. But it was it was mutual. I would say that, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of, a lot of people don't even know that. Right. Like everybody's like, oh, you traded you like, you know, you should feel I'm like, no, like I walked up there. I told Mike Tannenbaum, like, hey, look, I don't want to be here. <laughs> right. Like you're wasting my time. Like, you, you know how I am. Right. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm a straight shooter. And it was it was one of those things like, OK, second year you brought in court. Right. Loved it. We had a good group. I knew he would be good for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like cause I needed that. I needed. Right. Like with them, like, OK, no, it's probably going to be gone. Right. Like, all right. I need somebody to like teach me the game of football. Right. Because mm -hmm. college breaking down film and stuff is not the same as NFL. Yeah. Right. Shift emotions. Tom Brady's getting into the same plays different formations, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like when I had court, like I literally took that year and it was like, I remember him and Ellerby told me like, Hey, look, you can't fail. Yeah. Right. Like you drafted too high, but Cortland was like, I'm not going to let you go home. And we were, bro, we were in there Wednesday, Thursday, but Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, late 9 PM, wow. right. 10 PM white watching film. And so it was, it was, it was funny because after how it ended in Miami, bro, we were playing the Patriots on a Thursday night. And I had a great game, right? And we had like one cover five coverage. And somebody got beat going across the middle by Grunt. But mm -hmm. I had a, like a comeback, mm -hmm. right? And so Grunt catches it. And I turn and Grunk is already hauling up field. He's, Grunk is gone, right? He's full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, we end up losing, right? Because we ran cover three the whole time, three match. And they was wearing... Some of the backers out, right? Yeah, we were just mismatched. Tom Brady, we're gonna keep, you know how he is, we're gonna keep base course. on the field, we're gonna roll. Like I can remember, like, bro, I can see it right now. Like, <laughs> oh shoot. And I can see Lou over there, like, match. I'm yep, like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, we you know, yeah. And so, but it's crazy, bro, because after that, Mike Tannenbaum came up to me at practice and he said, Why didn't you catch Grunk? And I was like, What do you mean? He's like, I need you to play better. And Brent. You know, shout out to Brent, man. BG said, JT's been balling, right? Kicking the soccer ball. 
right? Brent being Brent. Uh-huh. JT been balling, man. Get off his back. <laughs> and bro, after that, because they had we had uh we had Bryce McCain. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they start sprinkling in Bryce. But then when Bryce got beat, put JT back in the game. Mm. Right. Then we go play New York, put Bobby McCain in. Start getting beat. Right. Let's go put JT back in the game. Mm. Same thing when we played Philly, right? And then I come in and I knock out Matthews and like they're like, oh, are you gonna start next game? Like, and so it got to that point in Miami, at least, and I know I'm long-winded. I like to give like the whole story, but it was like I went up there at the end of that year before they hired Vance Joseph and Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, look, Adam, I can't play here. Right. Miami is home. I've trained here since after college. I'll probably always come back. I go out. I still go to Miami at least once, twice a year. Right. And especially since Messi's about to be down there, I'm probably going to have to for sure pull up. Right. But the crazy thing about it, I was like, I can't be here. Yeah. I'm like, look, me and Lou, we didn't see eye to eye. I'm like, since I've been here, only thing that only people that have taught me is vets. Right. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, right? I have a ton of interceptions, but I ain't, I wasn't giving I wasn't getting bombed on, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't giving up a ton, a ton of catches either, and so um, I was winning my targets. Like I had, you know, me, I whole breakdown, yeah. And they told me, oh, you're gonna be here, blah blah blah. Vance was like, just come to me, forget Lou. I'm the coordinator. I I I love the way you play corner. Well, I'm at my bachelor party, getting married in a couple months. Ship me off to Cleveland, so. It really like when it happened, like picture, you know, you go out, you wake up, your phone's ringing, answers, Mike Tannenbaum, hey, we're trading you to Cleveland. Yeah. All right. And he's like, I appreciate you, but I already knew the schedule. So I was like, okay, I see you week three. <laughs> like hung up, right? Hung uh-huh. up. And like, and then, I, and then he also didn't make me give back my, like my playbook or anything. So I was like, oh, I'm about to wear y'all out, oh, right? Like yeah. you gave me all of OTAs <laughs> to practice with you, uh-huh. you know, and I mean, that game, but like two, I mean, I killed that game. I remember right? that. I came out the game, like second play, got a pick, I right? And so um, when I got to Cleveland, though, I would tell you that I thought Cleveland was home, mm-hmm. right? Got there. We had Ray Horton as coach, Louis Kofi as our D- DB, court, uh, mm-hmm. DB coach. Loved those guys to death. Um, they brought in Jamie Collins. We had Kersey. They got um, Joe Bantonio to sign yeah. back. You know, so it was like, they got Kirko to sign back, uh, Christian Kersey signed back, right? And Jamie to sign back. So I'm like, all right, Joe Hayden. So I'm like, all right, like we're going to build, mm-hmm. right? Demario Davis, right? All pro. So it's like, and that was the talk going into offseason. Like, hey, we just paid you. We're extending you. We're going to extend these guys. You're going to be here. Mm-hmm. Well, we come back that spring and Ray Horton is fired, right? Louis Kofi is fired. And we, and we had like a top 15 defense, mm-hmm. better than, you know, what we thought we were going to be, cause we have a, like, we didn't have no D line really, yeah. right? And so they bring Greg Williams in, and we switched up the whole defense, right? Yeah. Ran cover two a lot, and me and Greg had a lot of talks. Loved him, mm-hmm. and he had hit. Greg has a son named Blake, and everybody knows if they ever watched this. Blake is Blake is Blake, yeah, right. And so um, it just came down to it. At the end of that year, it was like talking to Dorsey because they fired, you know, another GM, right? So you got to think Miami too. Take you back. Ireland got fired. Yep. Right. They bring in Hickey. Hickey get fired. Yep. Right. Joe Philbin get fired. Yep. Coyle get fired. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, you it's, it's going to be a whole new regime, uh, regiment, exactly. right? Regime. You go to Cleveland. Hugh Jackson gets fired. Right. Greg gets promoted. Horton gets fired. Lou Kofi gets fired. Right. And so at after that, I'm kind of like when they start getting into talk, right? Sashi Brown got fired. Right. Andrew, who's back now as the GM, he gets fired. So cleaning house. Man. I'm like, OK, like I'm ending up in this spot where 
I don't know if we're going to be rebuilding. Right. And so my wife was getting pregnant in Arizona and my wife, I mean, my, my agent's like, Hey, look, I think I'm going to try to get you traded to Arizona. And the first thing I tell them, like, no, like, please, <laughs> like, it's a new coach, new regime again, bro. Like, I don't want to go through this. Like, and you know, and so he's like, well, Dorsey says, Hey, like he has to trade you or he has to fire Blake's son. But if he fires Blake's son, Blake's going to quit. And it's not enough time to find a coordinator. Dang. Right. So I'm like, all right. And so they sent me to Arizona. They end up trading Jamie Collins. They kept Kirko, right? They paid Joe Sherbert or whatever. They let go of Demario Davis, right? Yeah. We traded Joe, yep. right? So it's like, all right, like it is what it is. And then I get to Arizona, bro, and we got new coaches, right? And um, GM gets in trouble for drinking, right? And then we have a new D coordinator in Hal, Al Holcomb, right? And so during the whole summer, bro, we run cover four and then Al says our linebackers can't, you know, read coverages. So now you take a press corner, which we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. And now we're going cover three and belling and all of that stuff, bro. And different, so different. same thing that happened in Miami, same thing that happened in Arizona. I had to walk up there. I'm like, hey, look, man, like, you know, and so that's kind of how that happened. But I guess to tell you the mindset of it, you know, when I got traded from Miami, it hurt a little bit because, I, you know, we all think we're going to be in one spot for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. But my mindset was, okay, I'm about to put the whole league on notice. And, you know, at least for my time in Cleveland, I felt like I did, you know. Um, And that's where like the name started coming out. It was like, okay, this guy's a hell of a player. And I finally felt comfortable. So when Cleveland had to trade me, I knew it was a business move because they were going to blow everything up. Mm -hmm. But it didn't hurt as bad, you know, I mean, as Miami because. At that point, I already knew it was a business. You know, you talk about year five, going into year six. So I knew it was just going to take me to get to my spot to kind of figure it out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I got to Seattle, um, I thought that was going to be love, but we, we didn't play nickel, right? Yeah. So now yeah. I get bumped inside. We played three linebackers, Michael Kendrick, KJ, and Bobby, mm-hmm. only until like third and six plus, <laughs> yep. right? So. So I'm like, all right. So then Pete kind of goes down that that rabbit hole. But then I end up in San Fran and I'm like, all right, here we go. Right. Yeah. Like now you talk about a dude that had moved around. So I'm like, bro, I just need to get on the field. And then when I get to San Fran, it just takes off. Yeah. Right? It just takes off. But, um, you know, I guess to say how all, you know, life kept just throwing curveballs at me. When you in the moment, bro, you don't even think so much about it. It was just like, all right, you know, I got a daughter now. I got a wife now. Right. It's so much more bigger than me. Yeah. Right. And then I know who I am as a player, like the tape didn't lie. Yeah. So I'm like, I just need to get somewhere. And that was my main focus, like get somewhere and put your, dig your claws in and just hold on. Right. Just hold on. Right. And and, and let everybody know that they're going to have to worry about you. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't able to I did that in Cleveland for a couple of years, wasn't able to do that for like a year or so, year and a half or so. And then when I got to San Fran, I was able to. But then, you know, toward ACL. Yeah. So so. And literally was gonna sign back that Monday. So that one hurt a little bit, but all in all, bro, at least I feel like I went out, you know, being myself. No, right. And good. so my last my last game was a hell of a game. So I'm like, at least I didn't go out getting, <laughs> you know, torched, man, for a hundred yeah, no, yards. You know what I mean? That's good. That's that's good to hear because it's it's like with all that stuff you're saying, there's guys that go through that and only play really three years in the league. And that's it. Yeah. And you've been fortunate enough to to play nine to even get to that with all those things going on. I don't think there's many players that dig down that deep to say, look, I'm going to 
I'm going to prove to myself. It's not proven to everybody else. It's just you being able to do it, which you've had that drive. And and I think that's, that's admirable. That's something that a lot of people need to understand about you and kind of want to segue because now you're at San Fran, you get hurt and you have to rehab again. You, and you start to understand life after football. You don't accept it just yet, but you start to think, all right, this can't be it. Your hopes and dreams is to get to the top. You're there, you're in it. And then now you're on the other side of it. You're this vet, you're this guy that is now giving the experience to people. But at the same time, you're wondering what it's like with my daughter, with my wife, what are we going to do after so I can, it's not necessarily about money anymore at that point. It's more about what is my passion and my purpose going to be. So what I want to ask you is how was that process when you were rehabbing when you were after surgery and a couple months go by you're trying to figure out what do i want to do after football can you explain that to me because that that is something that a lot of people struggle with is that transition from one area to another yeah um you know i think the first you know because how it happened right like you go from you know i think we were thanksgiving my agent was like hey we start talking the talks have opened Mm -hmm. right and then get hurt right before halftime or whatever. So, you know, the first, the first month or so it was, you know, you kind of like, man, why, you know, you're in the hospital bed, all of that stuff. But then like, I don't know, bro. Like I remember watching like that Mamba, like the Mamba documentary on Kobe. Uh Uh And so it was like, I remember him going to the doctor after the Achilles and stuff. And I'm like, they like come in. They're like, Hey, Jamar, we got to walk today. All right. Like, let's walk. We got to bend it today. All right, let's bend. Right. And so, um, what it taught me or my mindset there was just like little wins, right? It goes back to like my, like just little wins. If I can get 90 degrees a day, it's better than it was yesterday. If I get 95 the next day, right. And start celebrating those. Cause I think as athletes, we don't celebrate our wins enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I even, I even rephrase it as black man. We don't, we don't celebrate our wins enough. Right. Because, you know, it's always like, I think a lot of our wins get taken away from us. Right. It gets highlighted by something else. Right. Nolan can get two interceptions. But if you play on a on a team with Carson Wentz and you throw four touchdowns. And nobody really trip, but no feel good. Right. And so we're not used to that. So it was like for me, it was like, hey, just enjoy that Mm -hmm. right now off off of the pitch. I would say I think what really, really helped me was having guys like Caleb. Right. And Caleb Thornhill. A lot of people don't know he was our player development guy, and Caleb used to always be on me. Hey, join this business combine, do this, do this. And so it wasn't after I left in Miami, he hooked me up with Ron Brewer, but Ron Brewer was our player development guy in Cleveland. Hmm. And uh, Ron, he was like, Hey, man, it's a real estate seminar, right? Go to it, put on by this guy named Kofi, uh, who's a uh, top realtor in LA. And man, I went out there and I it was like 2016, and you know, so that I kind of knew where I wanted to go. Right. And so as I was hurt, I'm sitting here at home once I get home and I'm like, all right, look, babe, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we 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 started investing early in the real estate. I want to say like shoot, 17. I did that seminar, started reading books right like on the way back on the airplane for like the away games. Started reading on my off days. Right. Reading in the cold tub and stuff. Nice. Got a couple like uh, went on, a you know, bought a couple like seminar classes during the off season. So I knew I wanted, you know, we kind of start buying like, like small multifamily deals. And so I'm looking, I'm like, all right, babe, like we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, let's fix and flip. All right. Let's try it. Like we were blessed enough to have a little liquid. 
right? We can either do this hard money or we can use our own capital, right? Let's see. Let's just hop in, see if we like it or not. And so it really, you know, I knew I wanted to go in that realm, but it was really looking at my daughter again, right? Playing around around me. She was like, what, three at the time, three and a half and playing around. And I'm like, you know, your kids mimic what you do. Yeah. So if my, my daughter sees me lazy sitting on the couch every day, right? Just going to rehab. I'm, I'm going when she wakes up, I come back, it's 11, 12 o'clock and we just sit on the couch all day. I'm on the CPM machine. I'm like, then she's going to be lazy. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I can't have that. So, um, you know, it was like, all right, got to get up. And so we started fixing and flipping. And then I'm like, looking, I'm like, I'm going to take the middleman out. I'm going to start studying for my license, right? Mm -hmm. Keep that 3%. We could put that towards a property or I put that back in my pocket. And man, and yeah, so then that's kind of where the mindset took me, right? Uh, We were blessed and fortunate enough. My best friend, uh, Theron Wilburn, we call him Bo. He he approached me two years before I was done playing. And I was always giving back to the city of San Diego through like youth sports camps, right? Everybody does it. We already did like, you know, uh, back to school drive. And he was like, man, look, we got to put a nonprofit behind this, right? It, it won't be, it won't be uh, feasible in the long run. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was already started up, man. And when I got hurt, we just started putting more eggs in that basket as well, man. So the mindset really was, hey, you already have a passion for something, right? Get up and do it, right? So you can, you can lead your daughter in the, in the direction you want her to go, nice. right? And that's that, hey, dad is, dad is going to get after it for us. Like you said, it, it, you know, football was never about going back, was never trying to prove to anybody. It was proving to myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show her too. You just don't give up on your dreams. Mm-hmm. Right. And then now the message is like, hey, sometimes it don't work out, but what you going to do? Yeah. Right. You got to pivot. You got to pivot. And it's a ton of ways. Right. It's a ton of ways. And, um, you know, real estate and my nonprofit has been those ways to give me that, 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 that jump in the morning. Right. When my feet touch the ground, I'm excited. There we go. Yeah. That's that vision. You're building that legacy as well. It- a lot of people don't understand that nowadays. You know, it's always about the quick, the quick money. But really, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, when you are building something, it takes time. And you're looking, like we talked before we got on, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road to where it's now your kids' kids that, that have mm-hmm. it, that have that opportunity that you didn't have, or at least you're teaching them the skills that you wish you had when you were young. And you know, I want to get into that uh, first chance you. Um, that's something that when I saw you when I saw you do it at first, I, I got what you were trying to do. And that's really giving back, giving back to the community and allowing others to get that experience that you have in those years that you played football in college and in the NFL and understanding how those things relate to, to life. And I think there's, from what I see with what we're doing with our, our college, it's just a big gap between the education on how to coach and how to teach. I think... Yeah. People get confused so much. I'm a coach now. I can talk to the guys however way or this is going to work and it's only my way or the highway. But you know from the coaches that you've had, you know what you like, what you don't like, what you respond to, what you didn't respond to. And you've been able to form this to where you're able to help athletes. You're able to help coaches. And I just want you to expand a little bit more on what you're setting out to do with First Chance U and, and how that is not only helping the kids, but it's also helping the coaches and, and helping that whole community grow within within the realm of sports, football more particularly. Okay, yeah. I mean, first chance you, you know, we aim to give back through um education, right? Sport and community giving, right? That's that's our that's our pitch, right? And what we mean by that, you're gonna you're gonna still get the 
overall things of regular nonprofits, right? We do scholarship giveaways in four cities, right? So we do Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Arizona, and San Diego, okay. right? So that's because our, you know, because our board is spread across. Mm-hmm. It, it just so happened Seattle in 40, in, in, in uh, the Bay just had a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. right? From when I played there, but we have members there. Now on the football piece, um, you know, it, it's, it's the question, right, of the parents, I guess now parents, right, or yeah. the parents that grew up with our parents who have young kids. It's like, what do we do? Yeah. Right. In the single moms. And so, you know, when we're doing our youth camp, we always got like, hey, so what's next? Right. I got this recruiter coming and talk to me and he's saying if I pay him X amount of money. Right. And, and sports are way more competitive these days. Mm-hmm. Like probably like you, like we ran track and then we went to go play basketball and then we went to go play football. Yeah. Right. And then it's like. You know, but now kids, I mean, it's all year long. They're getting recruited, right? They get money early. And so Theron and myself were like looking at each other, was like, man, we, you know, we should do an academy. And it started off with like a financial literacy uh seminar. Mm-hmm. And we had like 15 kids pop up, parents like they need to be in here. Right. And we're like, now we gotta make this better, right? How can we emerge sport? Right. So that's when we kind of wrapped in with our DB Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're trying to do there is basically like I said previously, is raise young men, mm-hmm. right? That's the overall goal, right? But not only that, it's also helping the families. Now, we do a coaching clinic, and during our coaching clinic, it's basically a submerge in a networking of coaches, mm-hmm. right? Talk about coaching styles, philosophies, how to get your guys to run through a brick wall. Mm-hmm. What Kyle Shanahan does is not the same thing that Pete Carroll does, right? Like, how how do you get in a kid's psyche? Right. But then as a high school coach, how do you compete against a seven on seven coach? Yeah. Right. Or why do you guys even think that you're competing? Yeah. Right. Use each other as an extension. Right. OK. Hey, you're training my kids Monday through Friday for the spring or Monday through Saturday or whatever for the spring. But then when it's summertime, what have you coached on so I can make my kid better? Okay. Right. So like our yeah. coaching clinic is basically like a lot of talking because in San Diego in particular, it's a headbutt. Mm-hmm. Right, crabs out the barrel. It's no, I don't want to talk to you. No, you take. Yeah. I don't want my kids to play there. Yeah. I don't even want them to come to your camp. Why are they gonna come to your camp? You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. no, 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 man. Like, the the goal is the kid. Yeah, exactly. Right, we can never lose track of that. The goal is the kid. Mm-hmm. Right, and the 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 quicker way we know that at when we notice that, right, and have a good philosophy, the kid is gonna be easy to coach. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you got this coach saying one thing, you got this coach saying another thing. Right. Then the kid is always going to go do his own thing. And that's where we're, we see we talking about the like yelling. That's where it gets a little tricky. Yeah. Right. Um, I do hit on our coaching clinic before I get into the DB camp. I do. I know I kind of backtrack, but I when I I hit on I, and I always tell coaches this it's completely different. Greg Williams was a yeller. He'll MF you to death, mm-hmm. right? He was just on the pivot, right? He, Greg is crazy. Love mm-hmm. him to death, though, right? And it didn't bother me because Pop Warner, I got yelled at. Yeah. Right? Before another kid who's maybe a little bit more timid, a little bit more quiet, or has that parent yelling at them all the time, you probably got to just hype him up. Like, I, I train kids right now in my community, right? And we just go in the morning. I got one kid, man, his dad out there, why can't you catch the ball? Right. I come to the kid like, hey, man, you know what I used to do when my dad yelled? What? I think about my favorite song. Right. Now that kid, he just hums the whole time. 
and catches every ball now, <laughs> right? It's like he doesn't take yelling, right? He he needs more encouraging. Yeah. Right? He needs a more encouraging slow. And now I get it. You can't do that when when you're going, mm -hmm. right? But sometimes you just, every, every kid is different, right? Every kid can't do the same technique, right? And so we talk about that um, a lot with our stuff. But we let the big dogs kind of handle that. How do you coach Fred Warner compared to how you coach Nick Bosa? Yeah. Right. Nick is more chill. Fred is an energy guy. Right. It's two different things. And so our coaching clinic, it's a lot of collaboration, a lot of answering questions. But then they also get on the board and do film Nice. Uh, where my DB Academy comes in is we hit on everything. Right. We hit on everything. We, we go three days and it's uh, first day on field. Right. Get on field. I don't want I don't care if you're five star, four star, three star. Everybody's a one star here, right? It don't matter. I don't want to see your tape. I don't want to see your huddle. What I want to see is you guys going to feel you're going to cover and we're going to tape it, yeah. right? After that, guys come in, they tell their story, right? Guys like you, whoever, right? They come tell their story. And then we get into financial literacy, right? And then that first day, I'm like, hey, look, the homework is this. You guys go home and I need, I need at least two pages what your five-year plan looks like. It's family, that's health, that's school, that's financially, right? And that's, and that's goals, right? If that's NFL, you'll be in the NFL in three years, cool. If it's, I'm gonna be a CEO of Fortune 500 company, cool, right? Next day, again, we come back, we watch the film, get on field, you know, it's press or off, depending on what we wanna do, we do one-ons again. And then when we come back that day, now, we're talking about uh, mental health, coping with anxiety, mm -hmm. right? And we talk about NIL stuff, right? But now when we do the NIL stuff, this is where we get a little tricky. We bring family. I need the parents there. Mm -hmm. I need 100% commitment. If parents can't be there, your kid can't be in, Yeah, right? I need, I'm need. i asking two days from the parents for 30 minutes, right? You got, you got to give me an hour, That's right? Good. Basically, at the end of the day, right? Because the parent needs to know because we had a kid that goes to Oklahoma, signed a, his dad signed a contract. Well, then his dad took most of the money, right? That Didn't know what the contract said. Then his mom got taxed because he's on his mom's taxes. That right? So we need parents there to get the knowledge, right? And so yeah. we bring somebody from college, from Boise or USC to come talk strictly on NILs, wow. right? And then the next day, film again, feel no, feel no receivers though. And then after that, we do yoga, right? Teach them how to try to low-key, try to meditate. You know, a lot of guys are goofy, right? You know, but try to get them to like learn how to take care of their bodies, right? A little cold tub, things of that nature. And then we come back. Well, now that five-year plan, you have to sit down with your parent, right? And we make every kid call up, what's your five-year plan, right? Nolan, what's yours? Hey, what's yours? Okay, mom, you heard that, right? So now when Jamar wants to go out and hang out with his friends, but he said he's going to have a 3.0, Right. Make him remember this. Or he says, oh, I don't want to work out today. Like make him remember this. So it naturally becomes accountability partner. Yep. Right. In that realm. And then the parent, because sometimes the parent doesn't know the kid wants to make it to the NFL mm -hmm. or wants to be a veterinarian. Right. Parents like my kid's going to go to Lee. What if, what if Johnny doesn't want to go to Lee? <laughs> what if exactly. he just loved to just play football right now? Yeah. Right. And so it opens up that dialogue and that conversation. And then at the end, Right. We do all the awards and stuff, but it naturally just builds a mentorship, which I'm all about. Right. So now the parents are they feel good. They can call me or my friend Theron or any anybody, any professional that we bring. Email us or call us. We're accessible to you. 
right? And we can help you through the process, nice. whether it's applying for scholarships, whether it's, uh, you know, going on visits, right? Questions to ask coaches, right? What college should we go to? Weighing out options. Should my kid transfer? He goes to Notre Dame. Now he wants to go to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Whatever it does, it just builds a natural mentorship. So that's kind of what we've been doing with First Chance U. Uh, we like that realm, right? We like that realm. Yeah, bro. And it's and it's it's selective, right? Mm-hmm. It's selective, but not not on just a kid, but on the parent, mm-hmm. right? On the parent. And we get some kids where like my parents not involved. Well, then, okay, then I got to be more hands on with you. I'm I'm gonna me or somebody from my nonprofit is gonna be that guy for you yeah. or that girl for you, yeah. right? So that you can lean on. So you just never feel alone because some of these kids do do feel alone. Yeah, no, it's uh, man, that's. I like what you're doing, honestly. The the fact that you're giving that accountability to the kid and the parent, because a lot yeah. of these households are broken, as you've seen. You see a lot of kids that come in, like you just said, they don't have either parent. They have one parent. They got a grandparent that's raising them, and the kid just doesn't know. He's influenced by the wrong thing. So, what you're doing is big, and and I mean, like, shoot, man, you you, don't, you never really see it until. 10 years down the road, whether he's a first round mm-hmm. pick or whether he's working in corporate or, you know, he's just being better in society, whether the stuff that you're teaching him, he's teaching another kid. So definitely taking the time out to do that. I, I commend you for it. Cause there's not a lot of people, not a lot of players yeah. that are doing that. So, man, I, I appreciate you coming on conversation with Carol, Thank you. everybody follow Jamar Taylor SD underscore SD, right? On yep, uh, yep, Instagram, yep. you go on first chance. You, I don't think you have your real estate page, but you're always talking about real estate. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, Jamar Taylor underscore EXP. EXP. Okay, guys, go on yeah. that. He talks about real estate, diff- different things about real estate. But uh, Jamar, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I've been following you for a long time. Uh, I'm a fan of what you're doing and continue to do it, bro. Likewise, bro. Likewise, Definitely. man. I'm proud of you and thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.